Coming to you from the HagmanReport.com studio. Located in the Keystone State, birthplace of a mighty nation, it's your host, Doug Hagman. And welcome to Hagman. It is the Hagman Report for today. It is Monday, November 28th. 2022. I, I do hope every one of you had a just a tremendously wonderful, joyous, restful Thanksgiving holiday. I, I hope you took advantage of, of that time to, well, to spend some time with a quality time with your family and uh, those you love and love you. Life is precious. Time is short. We must remember that. Speaking of that, I've got a lot to get into. This is going to be, uh, this is an extremely important program. Oh, before I get into today's broadcast. So this weekend, just to let you know what uh, Eric the Tech, uh, his family, my family did. We all got on a private jet. We jetted down to the Cayman Islands. We had a Thanksgiving feast. We jetted back the next day after spending, uh, no, no. You don't remember that, do you? I don't either. You must have had some good dreams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> too, many, too many marshmallow yams. Anyway, um, Eric the Tech, how are you today? Doing good. All right. Uh, the reason I, I, I kind of wanted just to acknowledge, well, more than acknowledge, thank Eric the Tech. And, and thank you. By the way, Thanksgiving. Uh, we did say a prayer for all of our supporters and listeners and viewers of the Hagman Report. And uh, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for supporting this platform. If you do, uh, or passing it, you know what, posting it to social media sites. I'm on Gab, I'm on Gitter, I'm on Parler. And, uh, you know, um, all of the, the freedom of speech sites okay um not on twitter no no but i, I again i want to thank you but i, I want to mention something here um eric's father this week is going to have uh a, a non-life-threatening or surgery it, it's 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 serious surgery but it's not for a life-threatening issue surgery is serious and i'd like th- this is going to take place on wednesday i would like uh, uh everyone to keep eric's father in your prayers wednesday because i know pray- look i've seen prayers work i know they work so please um wednesday beginning wednesday morning about uh Nine o'clock Eastern time, eight o'clock Eastern time. Uh, keep Eric's father. I'm not going to, for reasons of security, because of what's happened over the last several months, year. I'm not going to mention any names, any locations. Sadly, isn't that sad that we have to do that? But but the but the fact is, um, please, beginning about that time, pray for Eric's father. Pray for a smooth surgery and a uh, phenomenal recovery. Okay, please do that. All right. Lots to get into today. You know, there are days, weekends, weeks, where seemingly nothing happens, right? Kind of, what's that saying there? Decades where seemingly nothing happens on weekends or days when decades happen. That's kind of like this weekend and the, the the past week or so things have been building to a crescendo i want to i just want to hit some things first get them out of the way and then get into perhaps one of the most explosive stories you will ever hear this i am telling you right now i said it last week this ftx scandal it's bigger than you can imagine. And you may think, well, no, no, you know, who cares? Cryptocurrency. I'm going to tell you, this this has everything from sex, deviant sex, child sex, to uh, 
to the overtaking of nations, nation building, overthrowing power structures of nations. People involved in this, the intelligence communities involved in this. Hang on, because this is huge. I told you last week that this was huge, and it's huge. (laughs) But, But first, I want to get into a couple of things here. In case you missed it, this is a video one in the sh- in the show program notes. And by the way, folks, go to HagmanReport.com. That's Hagman with two ends, HagmanReport.com. Just simply HagmanReport.com. Really simple. Bookmark that website. And, and listen, and yeah, there you can listen and watch all of the videos, including today's, right from that website, HagmanReport.com. And all of these will be in the show in the in the episode description box at HagmanReport.com. Now we're on Rumble. Please subscribe to Rumble and uh, Brighteon as well. Please subscribe to both. Yeah, I know it's overkill, but uh, just in case, okay. And um, um, you can comment on Rumble. You can comment on Brighteon, whatever you'd like to do. But uh, I, I do go over the comments and 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 see. Sometimes people have some really great things to say. So anyway. This is video one in the show prep. You know, we had talked, there was a word of the year a couple, several years ago. This is during Bill Clinton's reign, I believe. Gravitas. Kind of like decorum, but gravitas. Fun fact, do you know what Merriam-Webster's word of the day or word of the year is? This year, fun fact, the word Merriam-Webster's word of the year is gaslighting. I'll just put a period right there. Take that, make that of what you will, but gaslighting. Okay. But during the holiday weekend, Joey Two Scoops was in Nantucket. Getting his cards and way. Cards <laughs> and way. There was once a man from Nantucket. Yeah. Okay. Uh, watch this because gravitas is gone. Statesmanship is gone. You've got this hollow um, individual as the so-called president, right? He, he's not, look, this guy's not in charge of tying his shoes. You just can't, uh, I, I can't even describe this. J- just watch this. It's, it's 18 seconds. Biden just could not resist. Watch this. Here it is. Okay, here's jail. There's jail. In case the radio listeners, the audio listeners are like, well, what was that all about? Biden is walking uh, by the Lemon Press restaurant. And uh, you can put up a couple of the, the attachments, one and two, um, if you'd like. Okay, so he's walking by. These two little girls are screaming for him to come over. He comes over and like that creepy man in the attic. Look at this picture. Can, can I mean, look, if this was just a one-off, okay, I could, I got it. But uh, look, man, I'm going to have nightmares from this, okay? There is, there, hey, hey, lefties, there's your hero right there. And you can tell, man, ain't no one home upstairs. All right. I, I just wanted to show that because... Just because, just because. All right. I want to get into this 
there are things happening in China. There are things happening in Brazil. There are things happening in, in uh, Arizona. I got down a rabbit trail earlier today. It, I mean, I, I was down this trail for like five and a half hours. We're going to be getting to that rabbit trail. And again, that's FTX, but Tether, FTX slash Tether. Um, that, that whole aspect of things and how that's all connected to things you will not believe. But before I do, folks, stuff is going on in China right now under the auspices of the COVID lockdown, which is not, has nothing to do with the SARS-CoV-2 virus, okay? Nothing whatsoever to do with that. This is an authoritarian lockdown. You know, Xi Jinping was elected or selected or appointed or certified or deified as, as the leader forever of Canada, of Canada, well, close, of China. And uh, that was last month. Well, since then, he's cracked down on uh, lockdowns or he's cracked down on the protests against lockdowns. Jack Posobiec, and, and there were some terrible, terrible, awful things that happened in China over the last 72 hours, but Jack Posobiec has a, about a two and a half minute update um, audio update about uh, what's taking place in China. It says it better than I can say it. We'll play that and show some images um, as well, or show an image or whatever as well um, during this audio. But listen to Jack Posobiec talking about what's taking place in China right now. Off around here. So what we're seeing going on across China are mass protests in almost every major city across the country, from east to west to north to south. What kicked this off? Well, you had two situations. First, massive zero COVID lockdowns for the past three months across China. Remember, China had been open from the end of 2020 all the way up until the National People's Congress earlier this year, which took place in October, about a month ago. That was the coronation of Xi Jinping as the new preeminent chairman for life of the CCP. His COVID zero strategy is what created the new lockdowns and people across China, if you go back and listen to our podcast, we detailed this, that municipalities, neighborhoods, local leaders were cracking down more and more and more, and they were competing to see who could show more fealty to Xi Jinping by cracking down the most and enforcing the strictest lockdown. It became a sort of challenge and a test of fealty of the local CCP commissars to see who could get away with the most stringent lockdown. People in some cases were locked up for three months. Well, all of this came to a head in the city of Oromchi, or in Mandarin, Wulumuchi, which is the capital city of Xinjiang province. Yes, that Xinjiang province. What's going on over there? There was a fire on Thursday. An apartment building where the people had been locked up for three months caught fire. Emergency crews couldn't get in. People couldn't get out. And we're hearing that as many as a dozen people burned alive. They were locked in by the CCP and they were burned alive. This movement, that was the spark that set off this movement across an entire country of anger over the past three months of protests and lockdowns. Now they're rising up Shanghai, where I used to live, Wuhan, of course, where it all started. They're smashing down the barricades, chanting, it started in Wuhan, it ends in Wuhan. Even in Beijing, at Tsinghua University, one of the most prestigious universities in all of China, the students are rising up there. You're now seeing this in Nanjing, you're seeing it all across the entire country, university students, regular people, people that use the internet. They're all over the place demanding an end to these lockdowns, and in some cases, even calling to take down the CCP. They're actually saying the words, take down the CCP in Mandarin. Take down the CCP. I have to tell you, I thought I was listening to Steve Bannon when I was listening to the crowds. I, I watched 10, maybe 100 videos of the protests in China. And I thought I was listening to Bannon's war room uh, because they were ch chanting to take down the CCP in Mandarin. And um, 
Jack Basovic speaks uh, Mandarin very, very well. So Jack spent a lot of time over in China uh, working for the U.S., but that aside, I want to show you, this is video five, again, if, for those following along with the um, episode description box, this is video five. This is horrific. Imagine this high rise where the doors are welded shut. They, they are with steel bars as well, uh, blocking the exits. You can't, you cannot leave the building. You've got families. Yeah. This is heartbreaking. This is 19 seconds of nothing but heartbreak. Watch this. <laughs> For those radio listeners, um, th those were the last words. Those were the last words of, of the woman speaking. Burned alive. Jack writes, there are videos of the scream. There are videos of the screams of the families burning in that building. Open the doors, open the doors, save us. Even children were killed. This is communist China. This is the country that 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 garden gnome Fauci. You have to bleep that. Sorry. This this piece of crap wants us to emulate. This is this is what Hunter Biden got on his knees to this communist regime. This is what these rhinos and neocons and leftists they worship this guy, this communist regime. In fact, let's go to. Let's go to video three, playing this out of order. You know what? I, don't believe, I, I'm not apologetic for anything I say. No, I, I'm not. Because if you're not outraged by this, if you're not outraged by the people in this country who want who want to enslave you. No, they want to kill you, but they want to enslave you. If you're not outraged, there's nothing I can do. You shouldn't be listening to this program or watching this program. So don't. Just go about your merry way. Everything's fine. Well, what are we doing for, what are we going to do for the weekend? What are we going to do for the holidays? What, everything's fine. Now, there's a world of hurt coming. But let's go back in a flashback to earlier this year when that garden gnome Fauci, follow the science, I am science, said, hey, you know what? China's great for their renewed lockdowns. This is earlier this year, not 2021, not 2020. No, earlier this year. Oh, China, such a so great. The CCP, so but but you know what? We know we we can't go that far, sadly. Well, watch, watch this moron, and and I'm glad. By the way, by the way, okay, he is leaving federal service. He he will be making more money in a year than, than most of us will make in a friggin' lifetime, or many of us will make in a in a, in a lifetime. Him and his wife, the bioethicist at the National Institute of Health. This guy is the, you know, is the epitome of science. This is the guy that doctors and 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 uh, the uninformed, the unwashed, uh, well, the uninformed, hit their knees for and say, oh, what a smart guy he is. You know, even the bobbleheads out there. Yeah, never mind. Just go ahead and 
clip three. How concerning is the outbreak in China? We see the lockdown in Shanghai and the State Department now ordering families out, all non-essential workers out of Shanghai. Well, China has has a number of problems, two of which are that their complete lockdown, which was their approach, a strictest lockdown that you'd never be able to implement in the United States, although that prevents the spread of infection. And remember, early on, they were saying, and I think accurately, that they were doing better than almost anybody else. But lockdown has its consequences. You use lockdowns to get people vaccinated so that when you open up, you won't have a surge of infections because you're dealing with an immunologically naive population to the virus because they've not really been exposed because of the lockdown. The problem is that the vaccines that they've been using are not nearly as effective as the vaccines that are used in the United States, the UK, EU, and other places. Yeah, well, let me tell you about that, Herr Fauci. Okay, in September of 2021, 23% of Americans Uh, Let me back up here. Okay. There have been more deaths caused by the U.S. or U.S., U.K., Canadian, anything in the West, but specifically the United States, I'm I'm kind of honed in on here. 58% of those who died, the COVID deaths, were vaxxed and boosted. 58%. Meaning what? 42% of those who died were not vaxxed or boosted. Wait, it's not supposed to... Let me check my math on that. So 58% of the COVID deaths were those people who were vaccinated and boosted. 42% had... No, no jab and, and no boost. Okay. Huh. But see, China, they weren't using the same formulation as the United States or the people in the West. Now consider <clears throat> that 80.06% Eighty. Now, this is right from the CDC. 80.06% of the U.S. population has been jabbed. That comes out to roughly, if my math is correct, 267,476,279 people, give or take. September 2021, 23% of those who had been jabbed were um, died. February 22, 42%. At present, 58%. So 58% at present of the COVID deaths and when I say it to the president, I'm talking about up through the end of August. They've been vexed and boosted. How's that working out for you? And meanwhile, the adverse effects are just just crazy. The VARES report, just for a very short period of time, from August 31st to October 23rd, 2022, 14.4 million received the bivalent booster that that's offered by Pfizer and uh, BioNTech. million received the Moderna. How's that uh, central villain, central casting villain, uh, uh, Borla from, uh, never mind. How's he looking to you now? Um, There were some 5,542 adverse reactions during that period. At least uh, 4.5% were very serious. And of course, you can multiply that by a, factor of about 100, given the VAERS database. So, Fauci, lockdowns ain't good enough for you, right? 
we, you know, we, we've, we've got to, uh, inc- we, we, hey, we need to lock down. We need to, uh, jab and every, we, we need to make these even more mandatory. That's coming back. Remember, uh, remember tied to this will also be something coming up that we haven't talked about recently. Executive Order 14067, which was signed on March 9th of 2022, to take effect December 13th of 2022 for the digital currency trial. All right. Now, I'm not going to get into that today. I've talked about this before, but for those keeping track, again, Executive Order 14067 signed by Biden on March 9th, 2022. All right. That's going to be tied with your Vax passports, which are coming. Believe me, they are coming. All right. Now, a couple of uh, something else going on here. We know, we know for a fact that Arizona, the election in Maricopa County, Arizona, and Arizona, the entire state, was a cluster, you know, it was bad, right? The the election, the, the most recent election. But what did you expect? You had the same supervisors. You had the same people in charge of the election in 2022. You had in 2020. You had the machines. What did you expect? More on that in a minute. But you see, the very same thing happened in Brazil with the last election between the communist Lula and the most popular, that president, uh, Bolsonaro. He should be president, that is, Bolsonaro. Now, to give you an idea how popular Bolsonaro is, you take a rally for Donald Trump and multiply that by a factor of maybe two or three. That's how popular Bolsonaro is in Brazil. Okay, he lost to the communist using the machines. This is like Biden, you know, with his six people at the rally or at his speech or rally, six people in circles, six feet apart, right? Or or him talking to a bunch of jeeps. You know, this guy did not win anything. Well, that's what's happening and it has happened in, in Brazil. And by the way, it has happened in Arizona. But I digress on that for the moment. Brazil. You need to watch this. The Brazilian military stands with Bolsonaro. And they're prepared to invoke Article 142 after the court's complete disregard of their constitution. You, you want, I'll tell you what, this is what we should have done. Now, this is an extended video. And I look, I know that a lot of times people, well, you're playing someone else's video, but this is so critically important. Maybe we won't play the entire thing. But just to give you an idea, because the mainstream media will not report on this. You know why? Do you know why? Because they don't want to see that happening here in the United States. Watch this video six, clip number six. This is Matthew Termond on with Steve Bannon, and this is taking place in Brazil. Go ahead. You. Um the single biggest story about democracy and the second biggest story is what's happening in Arizona and how we have to sort this out. The biggest though is in Brazil. Uh, are we coming down to the climatic conclusion of this? Bolsonaro's put up that the thing was stolen. The I guess the federal uh, judge has already come back and said, you don't have the receipts. You don't have it. These, uh, these uh, rallies in the streets are big. Are the military going to step in here and get to the bottom of what happened in the election, or are just the truckers and everybody is just going to peter out and Lula just rope doped them and eventually he's going to be uh, installed as, uh, as an illegitimate president by the CCP and his other handlers in, uh, in Brazil, sir? So after Christianity, the most important religion to Brazilians of every stripe is football, soccer. Brazil had their World Cup match and nobody left the streets. 
everybody was still vociferously protesting. This is so much bigger. And, uh, you know, you you rightly say this is bigger than Bolsonaro. This is and again, for clarity, Bolsonaro has an alleged fraud. Bolsonaro hasn't come out and said really anything except from after the final tabulation when he gave a press conference 72 hours after. And he said, we're going to follow the Constitution, exercise your right to protest if you believe uh, it is warranted. Uh, And he has allowed others as he should. He is not giving them the rope to hang him uh, with. Uh, And the party, and we've discussed this, the party of which he has aligned in his political career, uh, they're a very powerful apparatus led by a guy named Valdemar Donato. Valdemar Donato was the one behind this uh, this audit of the tabulation where they said, look, the machines from certain uh, production runs are unauditable and look fishy, but you will not give us the TSC, the subsidiary electoral court to the Supreme Court, who administers and oversees the election, would not participate in the military audit or, or the uh, demand for audit from the political party. They wouldn't give the machines. They wouldn't give the source code. They wouldn't give the, the de- detailed tabulation, uh, you know, drop by drop. In fact, they even took it off the website as forensic auditors like the guys I've been working with internationally to analyze and started analyzing the public data they took it off for three days to scrub it and then put it back on so the whole society knows that something is rotten here and what's interesting is if you have all the support for lula 50 51 percent 52 percent maybe it's 47 percent where are his supporters right leftist activists with their hammers and sickles and marxist flags and big five-pointed stars they usually are pretty vociferous and are out there marching there's none of that there are no counter protests there's nobody there. This whole thing has been an information op to set up this ballot dump steal mechanism that they've created with the machines, with the right people in the court that are all Lula, Dilma, and Temer. Hang on, slow down, because they had protesters in Mexico City at Mexico City CPAC when Eduardo, I spoke, Eduardo Posobic, they had a thousand protesters there with hammer and sickle. This is, you yeah. brought up something that, that, that the dog didn't bark. These guys yeah. are the experts in the world from Antifa to all of them getting people in the streets. It's crickets on their side. Why is that? In, in Brazil, you're not seeing it. You've got the AstroTurf gang in Mexico City. But in New York, we had Brazilian protesters wearing, you know, the yellow, blue and green, the Brazil flag, uh, going after the, the judges who were in that event we discussed in New York, which is insane, that they went to talk, the communist judges went to talk about how they saved Brazilian democracy. Uh, and you had thousands in Times Square praying, protesting. You had them on 44th Street outside the Harvard Club. And they have to go to Mexico City to find Mexican astroturf protesters and they're they're holding with antifa their hammer and sickles and their soviet flags and pictures of lula i mean it's like me thinks the lady doth protest too much they're admitting that lula is a hardcore communist working with global sort of marxist proletariat of the world unite and, and march blah 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 in brazil they're absent they're not there there are no counter protests there's no skirmishes the military just said if you're going to protest, protest around the barracks. That's another heads up, another Q, C-U-E, not Q for some of our wackier followers, not the letter Q, but a Q to go in front of the barracks and make that your sort of uh, locus of protesting. The military is going to be taking action. Valdemar Donato, going back to this key point, unleashed this uh, this uh paper and this petition to the court, which the court immediately turned around and said, you don't have it. Give us the first round as well. Oh, you don't have that within 24 hours. We're fining you 22 million rias, so about four and a half million bucks. And we're now putting the head of the political party, Valdemar Donato, on our criminal target list on the fake news investigation, which is the fig leaf investigation they've been putting journalists on. They've been attacking and censoring uh, Bolsonaro type congressmen, imprisoning people like journalists. And so Valdemar Donato is now on their fake news criminal investigation snare. And that's crossing a Rubicon. Valdemar Donato, it's not like our party heads that rotate in every four years. He is an old guard Brazilian politico who is very well respected, even if you disagree with him. He's been around for generations. And they just attacked one of the senior political leaders. This is not Bolsonaro. This is not a flash in the pan populist politics like they want to paint it. This is an establishment guy who runs the party that Bolsonaro and his people have aligned with the last two cycles. And now he's on a criminal uh, investigation target list. That's crossing the Rubicon. The military is giving cues that they're going to take action. There's still time. December 19th is the Lula certification. And in theory, he gets seated right after the new year. That gives a lot of time. And I think the military is 
moving forward. Now, the court's not taking this lying down. They're using every diktat that they can weaponize, including they're now revoking passports. They just revoked Alan Dos Santos' passport. He's the uh, Brazilian journalist who's in exile in the U.S. They revoked his passport, so now he's nationalist. And they've also suspended issuing new passports, as if to say, hey, you think you may escape. You're not escaping. And they have no what, reason uh, what, to what, what What are the cues from the military that you think are signaling that they may intervene here, sir. The big one was last Friday. General Morrow, who's also a vice president, a uh, very high-ranking general and politico, uh, he said, and this is a very well-respected guy, that the Constitution is being eviscerated by the court, I'm paraphrasing. But as I said on your show the other day, that's not a, a unilateral act when a senior general who has high political office says that. That means that there's buy-in across the military. Now, we don't know if it's, uh, you know, they're moving in lockstep. The military is a large organ, but they need all the cover they can to invoke Article 142 in the Brazilian Constitution, which you and I have discussed, which is the, the clause that says when there's disputes between the separated powers, the say the judiciary, the executive, and the legislature, when there's a total breakdown in society, it is up to the military to restore order. Remember those words, order me progresso, order and progress. It's on the Brazilian flag, it's in the Brazilian Constitution, and the faith of the people is in the military to restore order to get them back on track to progress. It ain't going to be the Supreme Court, which has no mandate and has totally lost trust from everybody. Even some lefty journalists are saying it's too far. So over the next week, I think we're going to see some bigger and bigger movements out of the military taking action. And I don't know what where that do people look like. Where, where do people follow you on social media? At Matthew Terramond, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-T-Y-R-M-A-N-D. And of course, right. on is War that, Room, Steve. Is that the end? All right. Cool. Oh, good. Okay. Um, last week, we showed some of the people in the streets. I'm, I'm talking about people in the streets. You, it, it is absolutely incredible. People are taking to the streets. What the hell is wrong with us Americans? If people in Brazil can take to the streets like that, so can we. And so and, and it's, I, I'm telling you, we should have for 2020. Well, I guess we did. And, and yet some some patriots are still in jail in Washington, D.C. Why are we not doing anything about that? Why are we not marching on Washington, D.C.? Am I advocating that? Yeah, I guess I am advocating that. I'm not going to pull any punches on this. I guess I am advocating on saying, wait a second, this is not right. And when it's not right, we have to, we have to correct it. All right. It's you know it's not enough to sit back here and and moan and and <laughs> no we've got it is up to you and I it is up to us is this a call to action I I guess it is a call to action what are we going to do are we just going to let this happen again look at what's going on in Brazil and now now let's go to Arizona just briefly. 63% of the equipment malfunctioned, especially in the, in the known red or Republican districts. It, it's incredible that we're allowing this to happen. Katie Hobbs certifying her own election as Secretary of State for Governor. You got to be out of your mind to allow this to happen. Think back to the Battle of Athens, 1946. Maybe that needs to be reenacted. I don't know. But now, but now, this is something that uh, I told you about very quickly. I don't. This is a man. I don't know. Fifteen plus years ago, I worked. At, I worked an investigation where this woman had close to a quarter of a million dollars of jewelry. She was having. She was taking to have cleaned. I guess, take it all at once, sure, why not? Stops at a diner. Again, with, with the, with the um, um, jewelry, leaves it in her, on the table in her booth. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get too specific because I, I, Anyways, it disappears, right? It was stolen. So an insurance claim is filed. I was called in, investigate this. Sometimes when you start poking the bear, things 
you find some interesting things. You start poking around. All of a sudden, you find some interesting things. Turns out this, uh, this case had some complexity to it. And as does the FTX case, some unexpected complexity. You see, the woman at this diner was meeting with her paramour. Yeah, she was having a tryst. And again, I have to be careful what I say because this is a real case, but as as I probed into this and said, let's pull the surveillance tapes. Not just of that visit, but of the week before. Like several days, I went through hours, hours of video. And lo and behold, look, I... I there she is again, meeting with someone else. Well, not only was the jewelry not stolen, it was used in part to finance a murder-for-hire plot. Needless to say, the insurance company didn't pay out. But you see what happens when you... Dig and dig and dig and dig. You, you don't take things at face value. You, you start digging. Murder for a higher plot for her husband. You get the idea, right? Well, this is the FTX slash tether story. Darren Beatty. Does uh, Darren Beatty is a fantastic investigative journalist. He'd be, he'd be a great investigator. Well, uh, you've got to watch this clip from, again, this is from Bannon's War Room. But this is perhaps one of the most important pieces of, uh, th this is so important, and this will only grow. People ask, well, how would how, how might Biden be gone? This is one way. How might Biden-Harris and even the upper crust of the um, so-called elite be exposed? This is perhaps at least one way. Watch this. Video 7. News. Uh, Darren Beatty, uh, take a minute and explain this. S uh, SBF, FTX, before you get into her, because there's now news uh, breaking that it's even involved that uh, uh, SBF, through one of his PACs, was funneling money into Maricopa County and to Katie Hobbs. Who is this guy? And by the way, all that money should be given back. Who is this guy? And why, how did he become a bigger donor, as big a donor, and, and influential as Soros? Well, this is a really huge story. And if you want to see probably the most jaw-dropping investigative report you've ever seen in your life, go to revolver.news and read the piece that we have right on top about Tether asking, is Tether the Biden world's BCCI? Now, the title itself might seem cryptic, arcane, all of these references nobody knows, but the story is simple and it's explosive. So we've all heard of FTX, which is this crypto exchange run by this weird scammer guy, Sam Bankman Freed, who also happened to have a hedge fund that he was using to uh, uh, kind of support the scam of the crypto exchange and taking money from the exchange and putting it into the fund. And he also, by the way, happened to be one of the top political donors in the United States, one of the top donors to the Democrat machine. And so long story short, it didn't take too long for people with any sense to put together that FTX, given how politically protected Sam Bankman-Fried is, is basically a money laundering operation through the kind of 
Clinton overworld element of the Democrat machine, of the Democrat apparatus. And you've seen he's given tons of money to all kinds of Democrats, also to some Republicans. And that's an interesting story in and of itself. But you'll have to stay tuned because Revolver has a big piece on that. But that's been in the news and it's been saturated all over the place. But what we found in the subject of the Revolver report, really the most jaw-dropping investigative piece that you'll ever see. So just go and look at it. If I'm wrong, don't listen to me again. But this makes FTX potentially look like child's play. And so what is Tether? Tether is the third largest cryptocurrency in existence. But unlike Bitcoin and Ethereum, which are mined and produced according to a publicly known and verifiable procedure, Tether is what's known as a stable coin meaning that the value of Tether is allegedly backed by U.S. dollar reserves that the Tether organization carries. But here's the kicker. There's never been verification that they actually hold those reserves. Since the inception of this cryptocurrency, the third largest cryptocurrency in the world, and really the engine that drives the liquidity of the whole kind of cryptocurrency ecosystem and exchanges, it's predicated on the notion that there are U.S. dollar reserves and it's never, ever been properly audited. Now, if that seems strange, it gets even stranger because you say, hmm, maybe it's never been audited because the people involved in it are just so upstanding and trustworthy and technologically sophisticated. Well, if you want the full rogues gallery of the people involved in the founding of Tether, read the whole piece, but I'll just give a little sample, a little teaser. The One of the founders of Tether um, is a washed up kind of child, former child actor, Disney actor, a Mighty Ducks star, incidentally, for if anyone wants some 90s nostalgia, Mighty Ducks star, and he starred with Sinbad in a movie called First Kid. Um, he went on to have a weird uh, uh, history. He was involved in some kind of sex scandal where he was arrested in Spain by Interpol. And allegedly there are all kinds of weird and creepy things found when he was arrested. And if you want the sordid details of that, again, go to the piece. But he was never um, put in jail, never charged. Nothing ever came of it. And then all of a sudden, this child actor embroiled in some kind of underage sex scandal who was arrested but never charged with anything and has no technical background to speak of whatsoever emerges as this cryptocurrency mogul um, behind the third largest cryptocurrency in the world, which is entirely predicated on uh, the possession of U.S. dollar reserves, which has never, ever, ever been audited. And if you think that's weird, it gets even weirder because not only is this a bizarre story that it's never been audited, the uh, Tether organization defies the U.S. Treasury in all sorts of ways that are really bizarre um, and inexplicable. But here's the third dimension that really connects all the dots, in my opinion, and is the thesis of the piece. Tether happens to be, I'm not making this up, Tether happens to be the official cryptocurrency of the Rohingya rebel movement in Myanmar. Gee, isn't that interesting? This cryptocurrency with this weird history that's never been audited, that has no transparency, that's run by all these people who seem to be compromised in some kind of fashion, just happens to be the cryptocurrency of one of the major U.S.-backed rebel groups geopolitically. And we learn further that Tether cryptocurrency is beloved by Sunni rebels in Syria. Exactly those kinds of Sunni rebels that may have been referenced in that now infamous Wikipedia leaked email with Hillary Clinton, where she admits Al-Qaeda is actually on our side in Syria. And that's not even to speak of all the weird stuff going on with drug cartels. Okay, and okay, okay. Hang on a second. Can you hang over through the next break? We got MTG coming up. I want to is is <clears throat> real quickly. Your thesis is that when you say BCCI, the reason it was never audited, it was never shut down, it allowed to fester. 
because the intelligence apparatus, the intelligence apparatus used it relentlessly. Right. I was building right. all you, of the ECCI. Okay, fine. Hang, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang that's, on. That's why I'm going to hold you over. Darren, you've got, uh, so you right, got this right. crypto. Oh, hold on a second. Let's recap this just for a moment, okay? Okay. You've got Sam Bankman-Fried's personal wealth, $16 billion, this just weeks ago. Now, the FTX founder is bankrupt. And uh, if you want, you can put up, at this point, the uh, revolver piece. and Because I, I want to get back to Darren Beatty real quick here. We're running out of time. But the collapse of FDX and its founder is one of the most spectacular implosions in history. But when you dig deeper into this, you're going to find, in addition to celebrities like Tom Brady and his now ex-wife Gazelle, they lost billions of the scam. Um, this gets, I mean, there are Epstein connections here. There's Hollywood connections. There are Ukrainian connections. There are, I mean, you pick what you want and there are connections. And yes, there are connections. As Darren Beatty said to the fact that Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton, who wanted to overthrow Assad in Syria, remember Benghazi? Now, of course, Tether, FTX, all they weren't around. But remember Benghazi? Remember that they were funneling weapons and, and personnel up into Syria by way of Libya. And when uh, Gaddafi got in the way, they took him out and and uh, Hillary had to dance and sacrifice a chicken in her backyard, bit the chicken's head off and, you know, covered herself in blood and ran around. And no, I'm kidding about that. OK, but you get the idea, right? This is a OK. This is like Hunter Biden's laptop. And Darren Beatty exposed it. And thank you, Darren Beatty. And thank you. Thank you, Steve Bannon. This is an incredible story. This ha has connections to Hollywood and everything else. But when at, at, at the end of this trail, and you're going to see at the end of this trail, where does this lead? It leads to the intelligence community. It leads to the overlay of the IC and Hollywood. It leads to um, the, uh, it leads to Arizona, as I mentioned earlier, where Katie Hobbs, okay, tether by way of FTX through Alameda, follow me on this now, Alameda and FTX, of course, Sam Bankman-Fried and that uh, uh, Harry Potter look-alike woman, uh, girl, um, polyamorous uh, girl, whatever her name is, it's in there. Uh, um, good Lord. It's right. There. If you scroll down a little bit, you'll see what I mean. Eric the Tech, if you can, just right. See, a little more, a little more, a little more. Right there you go. There's Bankman-Fried on the right and the Harry Potter is Harry Potter look-alike on the left there? That um, this uh, this money actually some of the money actually benefited by way of a tether to FDX by way of Alameda into Katie Hobbs in Arizona. Some, I believe it was some twenty-seven million dollars. But who's counting? Who's counting at this point? But uh, again, you've got stable coins like Tether using the crypto current uh, crypto ecosystem, um, and uh, without without the stable coins like Tether, the current crypto ecosystem simply would not exist. There are multiple USD stable coins, but Tether is by far the most popular. All right, let's get back to Darren Beatty on this because this is absolutely mind blowing, and more will come out. And this has the capacity to bring down the entire. I see the intelligence community, their connection, their Hollywood connections, um, their uh, nation building, nation destroying connections, and some of the people in Congress. This is just getting warmed up here. And when you start digging, and I'm telling you, I've got, uh, oh, I don't know, I got about 31 pages right here of, of notes. When you start digging, it, it just is mind-blowing. So uh, in the interest of time, we're, we're going to hit the rest of this video, but also read the revolver piece, follow every link. And then when you get to the point when you think you, you understand it, keep going because it's the gift that keeps on giving. And it's something we're going to be, I'm going to be talking about more and more because this will expose the people behind the deep state. 
I'm telling you, it'll expose everything and it, it will make you angry. Oh, this also has connections. I say this to Epstein, Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Oh, and, and, and just kind of sort of at the periphery, you know, those child porn ads for that clothing line. What is it? Bella Zinga or whatever. I can't. Yeah, it's got, there's some, there's some connections there, but let's listen to Darren. Go ahead. Currency that is supposed to be the most stable of them all because it's supposed to be backed, I guess, coin for coin by a federal reserve note by a U.S. dollar. Yet it's never been uh, audited. It's the, it's the official cryptocurrency of the rebels in Burma backed by the Central Intelligence Agency. It's for the Sunnis, all these different groups around the world in these cartels. It's the official crypto of those. That leads you to believe with your investigative hat on to what conclusion, sir? Well, you know, one thing that I've discovered through the recent years of sort of following all of the machinations of the government and its proxies is they actually don't reinvent their playbook much at all. And the, the, the usefulness of that knowledge is that if there's an historical precedent for something and that something still has a function, chances are whatever that is still exists in a slightly modified form. And there was this bank set up in the 70s and 80s called BCCI, which was this big scam bank. They scammed their depositors. They did all kinds of business dealings with the shady figures like arms dealers, drug traffickers, and so forth. And it ultimately blew up like, like any scam like that does, but it took a long time. And it was weird that it took so long. And it turns out there's a reason for that. And that is that it was one of the principal vehicles through which the CIA laundered money in the Iran-Contra affair and, and other kind of similar operations where they need to funnel money and support to U.S.-backed groups with plausible yeah. deniability. And the bank was probably set up for that purpose, but if it wasn't set up for that purpose, that became its primary purpose and why the scam was allowed to continue. All right, and in my you, view, you can, you can cut I think, that. watch the entire video. It's well worth it. Watch it more than one time to really understand it. But with reference to Hollywood, with reference to Tether and um, the, um, well, again, the Hollywood connection, it's interesting because this aspect, this facet gives some really, <laughs> it's, oh my goodness. You ever hear of a guy by the name of Brock Pierce? In the early 90s, Pierce had this brief career as a child actor. Before he even became an adult, however, he pivoted into a new career. In the trailer for First Kid, which was a forgettable 1996 comedy about a Secret Service agent assigned to protect the president's son, the title character, played by a teenage Brock Pierce, describes himself as definitely the most powerful kid in the universe, okay? That's now, the former child star is running to be the most powerful man in the world as an independent candidate for the president of the United States. That's the, the take. Uh, before that movie, this guy, Brock Pierce, born in Minnesota, secured roles in movies like The Mighty Ducks and such. When his screen time was essentially over, Pierce retired from acting for a real estate executive role Uh he, where he co-founded the video production startup Digital Entertainment Network, DEN, alongside businessman Mark Collins, rector at age 17, Pierce served as its vice president, taking in a base salary of a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah, that happens all the time, all the time. So, Den became the poster child for the dot-com excesses, raising more than $60 million in seed investment, plotting $75 million IPO, but it turned into into shorthand for something else when in October of 1999, the three co-founders suddenly resigned. That month, a New Jersey man filed a lawsuit alleging Collins Rector had molested him for three years, beginning when he was 13 years old. Again, here's that sex side. The following summer, the three former den employees filed a sex abuse lawsuit against Pierce Collins Rector and a third, um, at any rate, uh, but after a federal grand jury indicted Collins Rector on criminal charges in 2000, the Den founders, are you ready for this, left the country. When Interpol arrested them in 2002, they had, they had confiscated guns, machetes, and child porn 
from the Trio's beach villa in Spain. Yeah, it's just, there's nothing to see here at all. You think you're going to hear this on the in the media? This is going to blow wide open. And thank you, Darren Beatty, for this. Thank you, Steve Bannon, for this. Because you need to hear this. As you dig into this, it will reveal the sins of the people who occupy offices now, sins of people in Hollywood, this Epstein connection. I mean, in fact, some of this makes Hunter Biden look like a choir boy. that brazil arizona china everything going on god bless you until next time until tomorrow have a good day have a good night